Section 26 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. Look me up on YouTube if you like ghost and horror stories. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Section 26. Observation 21 of Moss and several other small vegetative substances. Moss is a plant that the wisest of kings thought neither unworthy his speculation nor his pen, and though amongst plants it be in bulk one of the smallest, yet it is not the least considerable. For as to its shape it may compare for the beauty of it with any plant that grows, and bears a much bigger breadth. It has a root almost like a seedy parsnip, furnished with small strings and suckers, which are all of them finely branched, like those of the roots of much bigger vegetables. Out of this springs the stem or body of the plant, which is somewhat quadrangular, rather than cylindrical, most curiously fluted, or lining with small creases, which run, for the most part, parallel the whole stem. On the sides of this are close and thick set, a multitude of fair, large, well-shaped leaves, some of them of a rounder, others of a longer shape, according as they are younger or older when plucked, as I guess by this, that those plants that had the stalks growing from the top of them, had their leaves of a much longer shape, all the surface of each side of which is curiously covered with a multitude of little oblong transparent bodies, in the manner as you see it expressed in the leaf B, in the thirteenth scheme. This plant, when young and springing up, does much resemble a house-leek, having thick leaves, almost like that, and seems to be somewhat akin to it in other particulars. Also, from the top of the leaves, there shoots out a small white and transparent hair or thorn. This stem, in time, come to shoot out into a long, round and even stalk, which by cutting transversely, when dry, I manifestly found to be a stiff, hard and hollow cane or reed, without any kind of knot or stop from its bottom, where the leaves encompassed it, to the top, on which there grows a large seed-case, a covered with a thin and more whitish skin, b, terminated in a long thorny top, which at first covers all the case, and by degrees, as that swells, the skin cleaves, and at length falls off, with its thorny top and all, which is a part of it, and leaves the seed-case to ripen, and by degrees to shatter out its seed at a place underneath this cap, b which before the seed is ripe appears like a flat bowed button without any hole in the middle but as it ripens the button grows bigger and a hole appears in the middle of it e out of which in all probability the seed falls for as it ripens by a provision of nature that end of this case turns downwards after the same manner as the ears of wheat and barley usually do and opening several of these dry red cases, F, I found them to be quite hollow, without anything at all in them. Whereas when I cut them asunder with a sharp penknife when green, I found in the middle of this great case another smaller, round case, 
between which two the interstices were filled with multitudes of stringy fibres which seemed to suspend the lesser case in the middle of the other which as far as i was able to discern seemed full of exceeding small white seeds much like the seed-bag in the knop of a carnation after the flowers have been two or three days or a week fallen off but this i could not so perfectly discern and therefore cannot positively affirm it after the seed was fallen away i found both the case stalk and plant all grow red and wither and from other parts of the root continually to spring new branches or slips which by degrees increased and grew as big as the former seeded ripened shattered and withered i could not find that it observed any particular seasons for these several kinds of growth but rather found it to be springing mature ripe seedy and withered at all times of the year but i found it most to flourish and increase in warm and moist weather it gathers its nourishments for the most part out of some lapidescent or other substance corrupted or changed from its former texture or substantial form for i have found it to grow on the rotten parts of stone of bricks of wood of bones of leather etc it oft grows on the barks of several trees spreading itself sometimes from the ground upwards and sometimes from some chink or cleft of the bark of the tree which has some putrefied substance in it but this seems of a distinct kind from that which i observed to grow on putrefied inanimate bodies and rotten earth there are also great varieties of other kinds of mosses which grow on trees and several other plants of which i shall here make no mention nor of the moss growing on the skull of a dead man which much resembles that of trees whether this plant does sometimes originally spring or rise out of corruption without any disseminated seed i have not yet made trials enough to be very much either positive or negative for as it seems very hard to conceive how the seed should be generally dispersed into all parts where there is a corruption begun unless we may rationally suppose that this seed being so exceeding small and consequently exceeding light is thereby taken up and carried to and fro in the air into every place and by the falling drops of rain is washed down out of it and so dispersed into all places and there only takes root and propagates where it finds a convenient soil or matrix for it to thrive on so if we will have it to proceed from corruption it is not less difficult to conceive first how the corruption of any vegetable much less of any stone or brick should be the parent of so curiously figured and so perfect a plant as this is but here indeed i cannot but add that it seems rather to be a product of the rain in those bodies where it is stayed than of the very bodies themselves since i have found it growing on marble and flint but always the microscope if not the naked eye would discover some little hole of dirt in which it was rooted next how the corruption of each of those exceedingly differing bodies should all conspire to the production of the same plant that is that stones bricks wood or vegetable substances and bones leather horns or animate substances unless we may with some plausibleness say that air and water are the coadjutors or menstruums 
all kinds of putrefactions and that thereby the bodies though whilst they retained their substantial forms were of exceeding differing natures yet since they are dissolved and mixed into another that they may be very homogeneous they being almost resolved again into air water and earth retaining perhaps one part of their vegetative faculty yet entire which meeting with congruous assistance such as the heat of the air and the fluidity of the water and such like coadjutors and conveniences acquires a certain vegetation for a time wholly differing perhaps from that kind of vegetation it had before to explain my meaning a little better by a gross similitude suppose a curious piece of clockwork that had had several motions and contrivances in it which when in order would all have moved in their designed methods and periods we will further suppose by some means that this clock comes to be broken bruised or otherwise disordered so that several parts of it being dislocated are impeded and so stand still and not only hinder its own progressive motion and produce not the effect which they were designed for but because the other parts also have a dependence upon them put a stop to their motion likewise and so the whole instrument becomes unserviceable and not fit for any use this instrument afterwards by some shaking and tumbling and throwing up and down comes to have several of its parts shaken out and several of its curious motions and contrivances and particles all fallen asunder here a pin falls out and there a pillar and here a wheel and there a hammer and a spring and the like and among the rest away falls those parts also which were bruised and disordered and had all this while impeded the motion of the rest hereupon several of those other motions that yet remain whole springs were not quite run down being now at liberty begin each of them to move thus or thus but quite after another method than before there being many regulating parts and the like fallen away and lost upon this the owner who chances to hear and observe some of these effects being ignorant of the watchmaker's art wonders what is betide his clock and presently imagines that some artist has been at work and has set his clock in order and made a new kind of instrument of it but upon examining circumstances he finds there was no such matter but that the casual slipping out of a pin had made several parts of his clock fall to pieces and that thereby the obstacle that all this while hindered his clock together with other useful parts were fallen out and so his clock was set at liberty and upon winding up those springs again when run down he finds his clock to go but quite after another manner than it was wont heretofore and thus it may be perhaps in the business of moss and mould and mushrooms and several other spontaneous kinds of vegetations which may be caused by a vegetative principle which was a coadjutor to the life and growth of the greater vegetable and was by the destroying of the life of it stopped and impeded in performing its office but afterwards upon a further corruption of several parts that had all the while impeded it the heat of the sun winding it up as it were the spring sends it again into a vegetative motion and this being single and not at all regulated as it was before when a part of that greater machine the pristine vegetable 
is moved after quite a differing manner and produces effects very differing from those it did before but this i propound only as a conjecture not that i am more inclined to this hypothesis than the seminal which upon good reason i guess to be mechanical also as i may elsewhere more fully show but because i may by this hint a possible way how this appearance may be solved supposing we should be driven to confess from certain experiments and observations made that such or such vegetables were produced out of the corruption of another without any concurrent seminal principle as i have given some reason to suppose in the description of a microscopical mushroom without derogating at all from the infinite wisdom of the creator for this accidental production as i may call it does manifest as much if not very much more of the excellency of his contrivance as anything in the more perfect vegetative bodies of the world even as the accidental motion of the automaton does make the owner see that there was much more contrivance in it than at first he imagined but of this i have added more in the description of mould and the vegetables on rose-leaves etc those being much more likely to have their original from such a cause than this which i have here described in the thirteenth scheme which indeed i cannot conceive otherwise of than as of a most perfect vegetable wanting nothing of the perfections of the most conspicuous and vastest vegetables of the world and to be of a rank so high as that it may very properly be reckoned with the tall cedar of lebanon as that kingly botanist has done we know there may be as much curiosity of contrivance and excellency of form in a very small pocket-clock that takes not up an inch square of room as there may be in a church-clock that fills a whole room and i know not whether all the contrivances and mechanisms requisite to a perfect vegetable may not be crowded into an exceedingly less room than this of moss as i have heard of a striking watch so small that it served for a pendant in a lady's ear and i have already given you the description of a plant growing on rose-leaves that is abundantly smaller than moss insomuch that near a thousand of them would hardly make the bigness of one single plant of moss and by comparing the bulk of moss with the bulk of the biggest kind of vegetable we meet with in story of which kind we find in some hotter climates as guinea and brazil the stock or body of some trees to be twenty foot in diameter whereas the body or stem of moss for the most part is not above one sixtieth part of an inch we shall find that the bulk of the one will exceed the bulk of the other no less than two million nine hundred and eighty five thousand nine hundred and eighty four millions or two nine eight five nine eight four o o o o o o and supposing the production on a rose-leaf to be a plant we shall have of those indian plants to exceed a production of the same vegetable kingdom no less than a thousand times the former number so prodigiously various are the works of the creator and so all-sufficient is he to perform what to man would seem impossible they being both alike easy to him even as one day and a thousand years are to him as one and the same time 
I have taken notice of such an infinite variety of those smaller kinds of vegetations that should I have described every one of them, they would almost have filled a volume and proved big enough to have made a new herbal. Such multitudes are they to be found in moist hot weather, especially in the summer time, on all kind of putrefying substances, which, whether they do more properly belong to the classes of mushrooms or moles or mosses, I shall not now dispute, there being some that seem more properly of one kind, others of another, their colours and magnitudes being as much differing as their figures and substances. Nay, I have observed, that putting fair water, whether rain-water or pump-water, or may-dew or snow-water, it was almost all one, I have often observed, I say, that this water would, with a little standing, tarnish and cover all about the sides of the glass that lay under water with a lovely green. But though I have often endeavoured to discover with my microscope whether this green were like moss, or long-striped seaweed, or any other peculiar form, yet so ill and imperfect are our microscopes, that I could not certainly discriminate any. Growing trees also, and any kinds of woods, stones, bones, etc., that have been long exposed to the air and rain, will be all over covered with a greenish scurf, which will very much foul and green any kind of clothes that are rubbed against it. Viewing this, I could not certainly perceive in many parts of it any determinate form, though in many I could perceive a bed, as twere, of young moss but in other parts it looked almost like green bushes, and very confused, but always of whatever irregular figures the parts appeared of, they were always green, and seemed to be either some vegetable, or to have some vegetating principle. End of section 26